classic. We are back. That's we right. are back. We are getting the podcast. Back. And we're the three best friends that anybody could have. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. We're the three best friends that anyone can have. And we'll never, ever, 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 ever leave each other. We're the best three friends that anybody could have. I mean the three best friends that anybody could have. Very good evening and welcome to the Greater Western Queensland Racing News Podcast for this evening. It's here, racing season is upon us. It kicks off this weekend at Royal Roma and uh, Maxi Tanks joins me in the studios. It's exciting, isn't it? It is. Uh, you can smell it now, can't you? Oh. It's, uh, it's almost back and um, look, I, I know everyone sort of, like we've, we've touched on before, everyone is is just waiting for that break to come in at the end of the year. But by the time you get around to to, um, to February, you're just waiting for it to all start back up. And uh, one person, I don't know if she's too keen for it to start, Brooke Big Mac Richardson's on the other end of the line. <laughs> <laughs> uh, evening, Brooke. <laughs> evening, Brookie. Um, it is exciting as here, but uh, how are you going? Are you ready to rumble? Um I've been riding a bit of work again, uh, so that's been good, and Todd Austin's never short of a horse, so um, yeah, Rick McMahon's based here, and I'm here as well, and um, yeah, we've been hooking in and getting it done, and it is getting very, very close to the start of our season, so it's pretty exciting. Maxie, let's lead in with tonight's uh, starting question. Yeah, look, I thought we could go with uh, if you could questions uh, to kick us off for the first few podcasts this year, so uh, so. If you could have any superhuman power, what would it be? Let's start with you, Andrew, in the oh, hot seat. You put, you put me on the spot here. Have you ever seen that movie, What Women Want? <laughs> <laughs> Where well, you can see what they're thinking? It would have saved me a couple of bucks over years. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'd like to be able to read people's minds. Read I like people's trying to. Minds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. What about you, Brooke? Yeah, look, mine's possibly down the same path as uh, what's his, but I'd have to say I'd love to be able to know what a horse is thinking or <laughs> a horse could talk to me because I would be just rolling in the dosh. <laughs> the horse was great. Because I know you get on them and you think you know them sometimes and they just, they just shit on you, to be quite honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, righto, Maxie. I think I'd want like ex- extreme intelligence, like the yep. most intelligence in the world. Well, I've already said you're the smartest person I know, so you mean more, 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 so. more. more because you, you, if you have that extreme intelligence and you don't really have to worry about too much, you, you can... look at him with his intelligent answer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just like a little kid. I want to read mine. <laughs> he wants to be intelligent. <laughs> what, what about being someone so powerful as like Elon Musk? You know, he he can speak a word and change a whole currency or a whole world event. My other one was going to be about to go back in time because I think you'd be probably be able to exploit that a lot. But then I've, oh, I've seen enough, um, seen enough movies to know that you could probably damage the fab- fabric of time or something. Yeah. Maybe, maybe for my intelligence, I can create a time machine. Well, it's, it is. We are on the eve of racing season. We'll look at Roma uh, noms a little bit, but uh, Maxi, let's talk all things racing and start with jockeys. And we we're having a little bit of a chit chat off air. Uh, in relation to the jockeys' numbers right around the three areas. We've got the northwest, central west, and uh, in the southwest. We'll start down in the southwest, and um, it just looks like it'll be the usual suspects down there, obviously headed headlined by Ruddy. Ross Tilly. Ross Tilly. Cheryl Rogers, obviously, as well. Um, 
be interesting to see some, some of the apprentices, apprentices that were making their way out to that area towards the end of last year, uh, whether they do continue um, down that way as well. Obviously, Zach Spree was starting to build up a, a bit of a, an association with Craig Smith down that way. So, yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. Yeah, we're just looking, Brooke, through the apprentice ranks. And, of course, Olivia Kendall uh, has had a really good start to the year. Uh, Alicia Donald sitting in second. Bella Rab Jones third. Talia Fenland fourth. There's a long list of apprentices there. And, um, look, it'd be, be great to see some head out our way uh, again this year. Yeah, it would. It's always a good thing to see apprentices come out here. I think it's very beneficial um, for the kids. If you're going to learn anything in the bush, you're going to learn how to really get a horse out of the gates. And look, that's where a lot of your luck starts in racing. If you miss the kick, as we all know, sometimes it can be the be-all and end-all of the race and it's all over. Um, So I I definitely think it would be fantastic to see uh, more apprentices out this way having a go. As you know, we get a lot of horses with big weights. um, Seeing some of those horses be able to have a claimer on them as well, that's going to be beneficial to the trainers. So, yeah, fingers crossed some of them come out this way and and give it a crack. It may not be for them, but um, I do... I do personally think that it's a really good starting point for um, kids and getting that race fitness and and getting that bit of aggression uh, within their body and learning how to ride competitively. Brooke, I'll stay with you. And uh, Central West this year looks to post uh, both good jockey numbers um, with our normal um, string of jockeys that support us here in the Central West and quite a few newcomers. Yeah, that's right. The, the word on the street is uh, there's plenty of horses this year. We're seeing an increase um, of horses throughout the stables within our region. Uh, and like you said, I've pointed out, a couple new jockeys. Um, we'll have to wait until racing starts and, and see. Sometimes word yeah. spreads and, and it might not be the case. But, yeah, I have heard there's a few new residents to Longreach and surrounding regions. So um, it, it is nice. Sometimes you get a bit um, selfish and you think it's been good because you get majority of the rides, but it, it will be helpful um, for the trainers to have a bit of a selection of jockeys and not feel like that they're possibly going to miss out on, on the horse starting in a race just because we are short on riders. Yeah, look, I don't want to be accused of uh, being too Longreach biased, but there is a couple of uh, new <laughs> acquisitions in Stable Lane in Longreach, Maxie. Yeah, there is, so... Um, you know, it's something that we've we've spoken about on here before. Central West, we probably haven't been the most self-sufficient area in terms of our jockey numbers. But, it, yeah, it certainly looks like it's going to turn around this year. And just off the top of their head for the region, I think we're looking at possibly, you know, seven, seven eight jockeys that are going to be stabled um, or definitely confirmed coming out here most weeks, which, which, you know, looking back last year, you never would have thought that's going to be the case, would you? No, well, let's start. Blackall, David Rewalt, Barkall and R. McMahon, and Rook Richardson, uh, Longreach, Benny Moffat, and uh, Robbie Farr, um, up the road, Timmy uh, Brummel, Timmy Brummel. Uh, Emma Bell, who travels down here regularly, as well as one that I'm missing. Cause we Jason Misson? Is he well, Jason be Misson is going to be coming out for Mark Oates as well. So there's your eight-plus rumours around that maybe a apprentice might be coming out here as well. It's, it's looking really strong. But like Brooke said, we, we're going to need the jockeys with, with the strong stable numbers. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, you know, <laughs> we certainly aren't going to begrudge anyone that's um, going to be making the journey out here as well. So, it's uh, look, it's going to be good. Um, I, I personally can't wait. And off, off, on those off weeks, you know, there's still plenty of opportunity to travel at Southwest and Northwest to pick up those meetings as well. Strong numbers uh, again in the Northwest. I know they've probably lost a couple, but you've still got the mainstays, uh, the Ballards, Keith and Dan. You'll have Hoops. 
um, who was really riding really well for Stephen Royce last year. And Jason Bavarovich, you can never discount him. Um, might see uh, Esco riding, Jason, Justin Esser. I do believe there is going to be a travelling apprentice coming out. Um, okay. That's not confirmed. And also Jeffrey Felix is confirmed for the year as well. Be interesting to see. I know you mentioned before the Mines roster may impact Terry Hill's ability to ride at a lot yep. of meetings. Um, you know, so uh, and he's he's always you know a name say up there in the north. So if, if he's missing, you're definitely going to notice it in those in those jockey ranks as well. But yeah, you know, it must it must be hard to. I, I did see with country racing awards that went ahead um, just a short time ago that uh, Jason Hooper actually was nominated for an award and had confirmed that he couldn't make it even though he'd already bought a ticket because he you know there was no track work riders so he was staying and getting the horses prepped and ready for the season and you know without without um jockeys that's the hard part out here without jockeys riding work as well the horses don't get worked so um they're really needed in all areas out here it's a real team effort Maxie, what else have we got um, to talk about at the moment? Of course, we uh, we did our preview a couple of weeks ago and spoke of um, you know the, the horse numbers. Um, they, they look to be strong. Uh, we'll touch on Roma shortly. Um, actually, we, we'll give a shout-out to Camerwheel as well. Um, they were the Racing Queensland Club spotlight this week. We know their race meeting got abandoned last year due to the state of the track and and such up there. Look, Racing Queensland have stuck their neck out for a once-a-year club here and, and are trialling quite a few things to get this meeting up and dancing. I think full credit to the club as well because they, you know, there is, there's plenty of money available that is is part of the country, um, what is the country infrastructure fund? Um, you know, it, it's not hard to get. It's, it's very easy to put in the grants. Racing Queensland will step you through. They, they Part of their audits, they go through and they put in their recommendations of what needs to be replaced at each club. So, um, look, I, I think full credit to Camerwheel because, uh, you know, as the article said, you know, it's the furthest west racetrack in Queensland. There isn't any horses, trainers or jockeys that are that are stabled there, but it, it is probably one of the big the big events for the town and to be able to miss out two years in a row, they, they were definitely missing it and I'm sure, you know, 2022 is going to be huge for them. Brooke, we did miss you in the first episode. Um for various reasons, but uh, look, you, you finished off the year. I know you don't look to like talking about yourself too much, but you do love talking. <laughs> uh, but uh, you had a great back end of 2021 yourself. Uh, is there anything, any particular race meeting you're really looking forward to this year? Any goals? Yeah, I'd like to probably kick off the season on a good note to start with. I was a, I was a little bit unlucky last year. You know, it started off really slow, and then things started falling into place. You know, it's that's the thing with racing a lot of it can be luck sometimes and just and just timing to be honest um but yeah I I don't really have anything major set in mind um I just want to try be consistent throughout the year um and maintain a certain number of bookings each meeting and you know hopefully maybe with more jockeys around possibly look at like it probably comes across weird when I say it like picking and choosing not to say I wouldn't ride something, but just being a little bit more tactical with the rides that I take and, and try and get that strike rate a little higher. Um, I know that I was riding winners and stuff, and I am very good at running a second or a third. <laughs> um, but I would, yeah, I'd really like to try work on my strike rate. That'd probably be a goal for me this year. And uh, Max, I guess, well, we, when we spoke last time, a, a big talking point is going to be um, when this Charleville track's up and running again. Um, still no word. Uh, for my connections down there, but uh, they need the Central Warrego Race Club up and running. Absolutely, I'd, I'd love to know, and I suppose you can go back and talk to your 
to connections there, but how, how has it impacted them with their ability to work horses? I know Les Baker has, has showed me when I've gone down and seen him in the past, he's got a little area that he uses that's not actually on the track where he leads his horses, but um, I'm sure that it, it's definitely probably impacting their, their, their ability down there to, to keep get horses up and going. Yeah, and it, it certainly would. And, and the problem is when the, the meetings get moved, like Roma, Kanamala, um, Augustilla, Charval, that kind of area, it's quite a lot of distance yeah, absolutely. Uh, between those yeah, ones. Yeah, I so. think this year, correct me if I'm wrong, but St. George may be racing, uh, which is normally a Charval meeting. Yeah, that would be right, yep. Yeah, so I'm going, there's nothing out our way um, that day either because normally I would go to Charleville, but I am making the trek <laughs> to good old St. George. So it does it does affect, yeah, surrounding areas as well now that they're not up and running. Let's have a quick look at the Jockeys Premiership before we head to Roma. So this is uh, going into the second part of the 2021-2022 season. Uh, Rick McMahon sitting on top with 22 winners. Uh, actually tied with Dan Ballard on that amount. Gemma Steele, who has had a great comeback, 21 winners. Yourself, Brooke, in fourth spot with 18 winners. And uh, Mr. Travel, Jeff Felix, uh, in fifth with 17 winners. Uh, if we go down to the Apprentices... Uh, Olivia Kendall, as I suggested, on top there. Uh, Alicia Donald, second. Elizabella Rab-Jones, Talia Fenlon and Montana Philpot finishing uh, the top five. And in the trainers' ranks, well, Tanya Parry... Uh, sorry, Billy Johnson's out in front, actually, uh, with 25 firsts. A good winning strike rate there of 24.5. Todd Austin uh, in second with 24 winners. Tanya Parry with 23 winners. Denise Ballard, 16 winners at 34%. Wow. And Matt Cropp, who's just had an outstanding couple of months, Maxi, sitting in fifth. Um, some of those winning percentages are incredible. Billy Johnson, 24.5. Todd Austin, 35.3. Denise Ballard, 34. And Matt Cropp, 35. You know, we're talking one in every three horses they saddle up. Better than one in every three horses. Yeah. That's incredible. Um, you know, and... It's, it's something that I actually noticed, uh, if you haven't had a chance yet as well, I, I encourage you to hop on out to our um, Facebook page and have a look at um, the videos we put up for year in review. But to go through and, and see some of those those winners and the results from some of the feature races, it, it, it sort of brought back a lot of memories. It felt like a long time ago that a lot of those races were run, but it, it, it certainly it wasn't that long ago. And we are seeing a lot of those top trainers come to the, to the Furore. I'm not asking you to talk out of school, uh, Brooke, here, but um, <laughs> Todd Austin, um, plenty of horses in work for the year? Oh, I think everyone um, knows Todd, and uh, you've only got to look at the noms every year to see that, um, yeah, he's always got horses. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not very, very, say uh, no, very, <laughs> very diplomatic. Racing goes to the southwest, kicks off uh, the Greater Western season this Saturday with the Roma Turf Club. Uh, five races, max 40 noms, probably about 10 under what I thought. Uh, a couple of notable omissions. Um, David Rewalt, who usually uh, um, goes to this meeting, not there. And also Mark Johnson uh, with none in either. So I don't know what uh, Jono's story is there. I'll endeavour to find out before our next podcast. I do know that Jono struggles to train a winner at Roma, and he'll admit that himself. So that might be part yeah, of the reason why he does. Not his favourite track. <laughs> he, he, he very much dislikes going to Roma unless he has to. Um, but, yeah, I, I know I said to mention to you during the week once nominations went up that the first name that I straight away saw that wasn't there that usually goes is David Rewald. Um, 
I'm sure we'll see him at Blackall next week. But you, you've certainly got your your usual namesakes there, don't you? Um, in the form of uh, Craig Smith, Wayne Baker, Pat Webster, John Patterson, Benny Waldron, um, as well as um, Billy Johnson making the journey across and. Also from area, we see Mark Oates making the journey up there with one horse also. Yeah, big, uh, big nominations. Brooke, you are heading down there? Yeah, yep. I normally go to most Roma meetings that I can get to that don't clash with um, our meetings. So I'll be heading there for my old faithful um, supporter, Benny Waldron, and one for his partner, uh, Becky Kerwin. So it's always a pleasure to go ride for them. And they've always got some horses with ability. So, yeah, I have. I did originally have four, but unfortunately uh, the newcomer to Benny Stable Gumshoe sustained a track work injury. So he's now out of, um, out of his race, but I'm left with three, which to me isn't too bad because it is the first meeting back and look I want to be um ready for Blackall I don't want to tie myself out too early <laughs> I thought Jess Brand might have snapped you up but uh, Beck's got one in that race yeah well originally I had spoke to uh Jessica last year with this horse and they were looking to give her a start uh before she went to a spell but something happened and, and none of that worked out um and I'd already committed to uh one in that race for another trainer so but we will be teaming up again later in the year and we keep in touch and yeah I've had a bit of success with Jess and a couple of her horses and she's also a good friend from mum when she was a jockey herself. One one quick question before we move on to today's hot topic Um, I see uh, Mark Patterson has Aratula in that Morton she's still riding? Uh, no, she hasn't rode for quite some time, actually. She's now based out of uh, Toowoomba, um, and she's just riding a lot of track work. She's very hands-on with the horses still, but I think maybe sometime in the future she may look at coming back, but she wanted to give herself a break. You know, she um, struggles with her weight on and off at times, so she was just having a good mental break and just focusing on track work and helping her partner, who's a trainer. So yeah, Very good. Um Remember uh, Nat Morton riding a double uh, for the Oates Stable Great Western Sprint Day at uh, Tambo. Magic Jewel beating Bush Caviar on that day by the Verister margins. She paid for a couple of trips that day. Didn't she ever? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm I'm running the uh, hot topic this weekend. Look, it comes off the back of what can only be described as a little bit of a circus. Russia, um, being kicked out of world sport basically, but uh, the... IOC, the International Olympic Committee, have allowed them to compete at the Olympics under a different banner. Now, they're not allowed to sing their anthem, wear their uniforms. They're not allowed to compete as Russia. They're the Russian Olympic Committee. Now, out of that, this gun figure skater, who's 15, uh, during the Games has tested positive to a banned substance, which um, helps your endurance. Now, look, that's a whole other topic you could pick apart for hours. But uh, it brings me to the to the um, discussion of drugs in sport. You know, um, we'd be blind if we um, said it didn't happen in our chosen sport, even in, in our um, racing fields. But, Maxi, I, I suppose there's a lot to pick apart here. And um, first we'll go w- with, with the horses I'm going to think of now. I mean, I go back to my greyhound days and... They didn't swab for much in those days in the late 90s. So we used to use cortisone the night before a race, the day before a race. Um, there was all sorts of things you could use. Um, fast forward now, um, there's probably still things you can use that they can't catch. I guess it's just natural instinct uh, when we talk about drugs and performance enhancing that people are always looking for an edge. They are. And I'll, a person who covers a lot on this, on all of the horse doping internationally, is I suppose he's a bit of a controversial author, 
uh, Archie Butterfly Peter Prophet. And if you do have a look at some of his articles, he is a wealth of knowledge on, on all things horse doping, um, in particular the harness racing. Um, and a good point he always brings up is that there isn't a lot of pre-swab a pre-race swabbing yep. done in Queensland. You'll see maybe four or five a race meeting and then you get the winners done as well. But it, it's probably something that, you know, a lot of the, you know, I suppose you, you get a milkshake, it, um, it's burned off by the end of a race. You're not going to pick up a lot of that sort of thing. Yep. But uh, I suppose the other side of it as well, it, it's and I feel like this might be the case with, with this young Russian athlete. They're, they're too scared to, I suppose, ban her from competing because the, the test came back six weeks late and it, yep. it happened. It came back <laughs> while she was competing. But you look at some of the big trainers compared to the small trainers and if a big trainer gets a swab, they're going to get a small fine and it's, it's not big news. It's brushed yep. under the carpet. Whereas, you know, a small trainer or, or a contentious trainer who's already got a bit of a rap sheet with other issues, there's always going to be a huge deal created about it. Yep. So it's... It, it's, I'd love to see some consistency there as well. It's, it's, it's also all a very interesting topic because yeah. there isn't a, a great deal to try and, I suppose, push you away from that whole stoping side of things other than a small yeah. fine, especially if, you, if you're all part of the part of the fraud that knows it's going to happen. You, you yeah. certainly can find other ways to clean up other than prize money. Now, Brooke, um, I'm going to talk about jockeys here and there's we're absolutely under no illusion. I'm not going to pick out anybody in particular, but it's the nature of the game, isn't it? I mean, there are drugs out there to help you lose weight not talking about you particularly but just in general jockeys and there's a lot of heavy jockeys there's there's no doubt about that uh, and then sometimes the little weight um, thing to help you keep the weight off turns into a, a little bit of a habit and so on and so forth and, and life rolls on in the wrong direction and no doubt you've crossed paths with a lot of people that have struggled with their weight and have gone to the dark side yeah for sure I think it's something that's not on uh, uncommon especially at a higher level where um, there's a lot more publicity there's a lot more pressure you're on TV all those sorts of things all the punting comes into play um, I feel like one of the blessings out here is you know in country racing is there's not as much height and it's a little more relaxed environment you don't you know you don't feel the pressure as much but yeah look I think it's in every sport and as you said there is those things that are helping people do their job better in the sense of you know if you could have something that's going to help you lose weight and you can still eat a little bit well you're going to choose that over not eating for a week or eating about a lettuce leaf for the week like um it is it's such a hard topic because there is certain things that are prohibited substances that I just think are a load of garbage that I that I think to an extent um, with the help of doctors and nutritionists and stuff like that that there should be certain um, alleyways that professional athletes can take to help them maintain a healthy lifestyle and if that includes some medication that they have to have some sort of testing or pass a certain standard of tests for to make it available to them, well, then why not? Because it's going to... I know people are quick to judge um, whether it be... Obviously, I'm not talking about illegal drugs. I'm talking about things that can be prescribed. Um, I know that riding with someone that potentially has had one meal for the week is completely dehydrated is dizzy is weak how is that not just as dangerous as someone that is has a drug substance in their body yeah 
And you know, um, there's all different things that come into play because when you're dizzy and you're almost on the verge of fainting and stuff and you're still trying to do your job and you're on a 500 kilo, sometimes 500 kilo plus animal, um, to me that's just as dangerous. So I think there needs to be, yeah, obviously it's a, it's a long shot, it's a massive um, discussion and I don't think anything will change within the near future, but... I do think there could be could be better options um, for professional athletes, and and it not be such a taboo topic and so ha- harshly judged. I think you hit the nail on the head there because you know we, we we look at medicine; it's come a long way since probably a lot of these rules were written and these drugs were were um, and were I suppose um, made that that taboo. But it it's like you said, if if you're working with doctors, nutritionists, and and doing things the right way, I I can't see why it shouldn't be encourage you know we're looking at trying to keep our, our best athletes in the game we've already seen young Bailey Noftoff has had to take another um, another time away from the sport purely because of his, his struggling with his weight and rather than going down you know that dark path like we've mentioned he's, he's, he's looking after himself and but if there is a way that we can keep you know jockeys in the game for longer and doing it correctly I, I'd, I'd love to see um, you know that sort of path um, definitely investigated further yeah yeah and Oh, you go. <laughs> no, you're up. You go, you go, you go. I was just going to say, it even comes down to, I think, um, back to the racing industry and starting off apprentices and that whole apprentice thing and having the right resources and the right help and making, um, you know, looking into really educating young people on nutrition because it isn't just a job. It's not like you're going and you're packing boxes at Coles or Woolies, like not saying that's a bad job or anything, but you know, I think people forget it's more than a paycheck. You you really need to treat yourself like a professional athlete because at the end of the day, you are working for other people. Um, it's an elite sport. It is a sport. You get paid to do it. Um, there's punting involved, all that sort of thing. You are a professional athlete. And I do think there's that tiny lack of, um, you know, of education and and guidance in the right way, and then and that's how you do then get young people or um, older people who are old school and you could do it differently back in the day and it just all adds up and they sort of head down the wrong path. Yeah, I remember sharing it. Um, I'd never really understood the lengths and breadths that jockeys put their bodies through until they uh, did Birdsville back in 2018 and a jockey that travelled with us spent three hours in a hot shower. Um, admittedly, like, he drunk the night before and, and stuff like <laughs> that. But, but, you know, like... Some don't help themselves. No, but the ups and downs. And look... I go back to the AFL, they use that strike system where the first strike is just a pure note between player and um, authority, like, say, Racing Queensland. The second mm-hmm. one is becomes an issue between the club, the player, and the authorities, and third strike, that's when you're struck out and it goes public. And, and sometimes, you know, it's easy to make a, a small mistake of judgment, small error of judgment. Maxie, do you think... That something like that, especially with jockeys, and we know the hard way they go through. Look, I'm not a big fan of it in the AFL, but I do understand it's 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 a little bit of a different dynamic with the jockeys. Yeah, I don't. I think it it it's tough because it it, it probably encourages it because you think, well, if you can get away with it a couple of times, and you know yeah. you're going to start pushing your luck a little bit. I I think if you're yeah, if you're encouraging the bad behaviour, probably going to invite it into into the yeah the. Industry. They can say right, I'll just play Russian roulette this once. If I get caught, who cares? Second time, oh well, that's a free hit. And yeah, third time exactly. Out. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, it's, it is a conversation that uh, 
you know, it's, it plagues our sport, and, and no doubt we'll see. You, you know, you see positive swabs come back from animals. You see positive swabs back come back from participants all the time, and I don't think anything's going to change any time soon. But it's time for us to wrap things up for our second edition for 2022. Uh, good luck in Roma this weekend, Brookie. Thank you very much. And Maxie will be back in the hot seat next week. We'll be covering uh, Mount Isa. We'll also be covering uh, the first meeting in the Central West at Blackall. And uh, Southwest, nothing for us. That'll be just those two meetings. Yeah, it is. It, it, uh, it's exciting, though. I, I love knowing that we've, we've got a, plenty of meetings uh, around the corner. Let's wrap things up for tonight. Thanks for your company, and we'll catch you next week here on the Greater Western Queensland Racing News Podcast. We'll